gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Welcome everyone, this is Dr. Hedberg, and thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Hedberg Show. This episode I'll be talking about selenium and Hashimoto's disease. One of the most popular supplements out there for Hashimoto's. And one of the interesting things about selenium is that the thyroid gland actually has the highest concentration of selenium compared to any other organ in the body. So we know that it's extremely important for the thyroid. So let's get into a few basics about selenium. It is a trace mineral. It was actually discovered by the Swedish chemist Berzelius in 1817. And it mainly works as an antioxidant, an anti-inflammatory, and it's involved in the production and activation of thyroid hormone. So it's uh, protective to the thyroid gland from what we would call oxidative damage from antibodies and from chemicals and mercury and things like that. But uh, if you're deficient in selenium, this can actually increase the weight of the thyroid gland. And that can actually be compounded by an iodine deficiency. So an iodine deficiency will get a goiter and in selenium deficiency, the weight of the thyroid will increase. And so if you're deficient in both, the thyroid can grow and become much heavier. And it's interesting because if you, if you're deficient in selenium, you actually lose iodine more quickly. So these two kind of work in, in delicate balance in the thyroid. And if you're deficient in one, it can have a, a negative effect on the other. Now, that's actually an interesting adaptation uh, that your body has developed over time. Because your thyroid has the potential to be damaged when you're deficient in selenium, but if you have normal iodine levels. And so iodine ensures that there's normal thyroid hormone production, but the protective effects of selenium may not be there to clean up all of the free radicals produced during hormone synthesis. So whenever you're making something in the body, there's always a free radical that your body has to deal with. And if the selenium isn't there and you're making thyroid hormone, then there's going to be oxidative stress and free radical production. And so that's one of the reasons why iodine supplementation, if someone is deficient in selenium, can potentially cause a lot of problems. So it's found, uh, and I link to uh, a number of studies here in the article, it has been shown that if you supplement with selenium and you're deficient in iodine, this can actually suppress thyroid function. So it'll make hypothyroidism even worse. And so that can be why it's important to have your iodine level status checked uh, before supplementing with selenium. And that's done in a 24-hour urine test. 
uh, to see if you're iodine deficient. So the real catch there is that supplementing with iodine, and we know this, if you supplement with iodine and you have Hashimoto's, this increases damage to the thyroid gland. So studies have shown that this increases what we call lymphocytic infiltration into the gland. That just means that lymphocytes, your immune cells, are flooding the gland. And uh, that happens when you supplement with iodine when you have Hashimoto's. So all those immune cells uh, getting into the gland, attacking it, this increases inflammation, and you'll see thyroid antibodies skyrocket. And so this is why iodine supplementation is not recommended in high doses if uh, if you have Hashimoto's. And when I say high doses, I'm talking about milligram doses, not microgram doses. So there are some proponents out there of 12.5, 25, even 50 milligrams a day of iodine, even in those with Hashimoto's, and that's just basically insanity. And you're looking for some major destruction to the gland in doses that high. So as I mentioned earlier, selenium, it acts as a an antioxidant, like a thyroid antioxidant, and it's involved in the production of thyroid hormone, and it's also involved in the conversion of T4 to T3. So remember, T4 is the least active thyroid hormone. T3 is the most active, and so selenium is important for that conversion. So one of the clear patterns we'll see on thyroid blood tests that could indicate a selenium deficiency is we'll see a high or high normal free T4, but a low or low normal free T3 and a normal TSH. That indicates that T4 isn't converting well to T3, uh, possibly due to a selenium deficiency. Now, there are other reasons why someone doesn't convert T4 to T3 very well. And we won't get into those here, but selenium can be one of the main main causes of that uh, decrease in conversion. And studies show that selenium does, in fact, protect the thyroid gland from the damaging effects of thyroid peroxidase and antithyroglobulin antibodies. And selenium also protects the thyroid from mercury. So selenium binds to mercury. It uh, deactivates its... uh, its free radical, its uh, damaging effects to the thyroid gland. So the selenium binds and it makes the mercury inert. We know that mercury is a major thyroid-disrupting chemical, and mercury is also a potent trigger of autoimmunity in general, not just Hashimoto's. And I do link to a another study in, in the article here that if someone is deficient in iodine and they're given selenium by itself, uh, that did show that it made the hypothyroidism much, much worse. And so iodine's pretty rare in industrialized nations, so that's usually not a problem, but it is something to, to look at. So let's go through a few studies that looked at selenium and Hashimoto's disease. Three separate studies 
the first was by Wickman et al. And this showed that selenium supplementation reduced thyroid peroxidase antibodies at three months, six months, and 12 months. And the thyroglobulin antibodies, uh, those, those are reduced at 12 months. So that took quite a while. This was only in those who were treated with T4, with levothyroxine, with Synthroid, however, not in those who didn't take any thyroid hormone. So they had to take uh, medication, thyroid hormone, along with the selenium to see the good results. It did show that the antibody levels uh, only decreased in those taking selenomethionine, but not in those taking sodium selenite. So there are different forms of selenium supplements. There's sodium selenite and selenate. And then there's selenomethionine. And selenomethionine is absorbed much better than sodium selenite. And that's why the results were so much better. We'll talk more about the types of selenium here shortly. Another study showed that selenium was very effective in patients with Hashimoto's. Multiple studies have shown that uh, selenium supplementation reduces antibodies. And uh, one of the interesting things is that the higher the antibody levels were at the beginning of these studies, the greater the positive effects of the selenium. And it also showed that selenium improved the overall sense of well-being in these individuals with Hashimoto. So I've linked to those studies in the article as well on the website. Here's uh, one study out of Greece. Uh, Patients were supplemented with selenium for 12 months, and that did lower TPO antibody levels. And then once the patient stopped taking the selenium, their antibody levels rose about 4.8% after six months of discontinuing the selenium. Another study out of Italy that found the same positive uh, thyroid peroxidase antibody lowering effects after patients supplemented with selenium for 12 months. And then a, a recent study out of China found that areas of low selenium intake have much higher rates of thyroid autoimmunity compared to areas of China with higher intake of selenium. And that suggested a protective effect uh, from autoimmune thyroiditis. And many women do develop Hashimoto's after they give birth. And I linked to a study here that looked at the effects of selenium supplementation in pregnant women after they gave birth. And the results showed that the women who supplemented with selenium had a much lower, much lower antibody levels, and their thyroid glands were also protected, and they did not change in size compared to women who didn't supplement. So it does work well uh, when taken uh, after giving birth to protect the thyroid. And we know that some women their Hashimoto's gets much worse after they give birth or or the Hashimoto's actually triggered uh, by giving birth. There's big shifts in the immune system when a woman is pregnant and sometimes it shifts abnormally after giving birth 
And uh, sometimes if a woman is not taking in enough selenium and iodine while she's pregnant, because a lot of it will go to the fetus, then she can become deficient and uh, expose herself to developing autoimmunity or making existing autoimmunity much worse. So what are the what's the optimal selenium intake from food? Currently it's it's in a range of 55 to 75 micrograms of selenium a day is the recommended daily intake. And basically the main foods that contain selenium are are mainly going to be foods that are high in protein. So of course meat, pork, beef, lamb, turkey, chicken, tuna, shellfish, like oysters, eggs, Brazil nuts, whole wheat bread, sunflower seeds, mushrooms, and rye. Now, of course, you want to be careful with whole wheat bread and rye if you have Hashimoto's because of the gluten content. And that can, of course, in most people with Hashimoto's, make their condition much worse. And the content of selenium in foods is, of course, going to be dependent on the soil. And we'll talk here shortly about why I don't recommend Brazil nuts because of that variation in concentration. So I mentioned earlier about the best form of selenium supplementation. Sodium selenate and selenite, these are the most popular, but only 50% of these are actually absorbed. And those particular forms can really increase the risk of selenium toxicity compared to selenomethionine, which is the preferred form of selenium supplementation. That's the form found in food. And 90% of selenium selenomethionine is absorbed. So 200 micrograms a day of selenomethionine uh, is a safe dose. Now, it can become toxic, and there I linked to various studies on selenium toxicity. Uh, one study says that 330 micrograms a day of selenium could potentially be toxic, but a safe range is 50 to 400 micrograms a day. Another study says that 850 to 900 micrograms of selenium a day has been documented to be considered a minimum of developing selenium toxicity. I would definitely would never recommend dosing that high. I never really dose above 200 micrograms a day. That's a reasonably safe dose of selenomethionine because we have to take into account all of the selenium that someone is getting from their food intake as well as any other supplements they might be taking. There are some pretty bad side effects of selenium toxicity. These are things like hair loss, hypothyroidism, it lowers growth hormone, depression, diarrhea, anorexia, blindness, ataxia, respiratory disturbances, liver and kidney damage, hemorrhaging, nail loss, dermatitis, central nervous system disorders, insulin resistance, which can lead to diabetes. So a lot of uh, uh, pretty harmful 
uh, results there of selenium toxicity. And you can see some of those symptoms are actually symptoms of hypothyroidism. So I don't recommend Brazil nuts, even though they're high in selenium, although they might not be. So there are a few studies out there on Brazil nuts and their selenium content. One study found a single Brazil nut can contain anywhere from 0.2 micrograms of selenium all the way up to 253 micrograms of selenium. And that, of course, depends on where they come from. So you can just imagine if you got Brazil nuts from a source that had 253 micrograms per nut. Uh, If you just had three nuts, you are already up around 750 micrograms of selenium just from three nuts. And if someone's doing that every day or fairly frequently, you could easily start to develop selenium toxicity. Plus, we would have to take into account the selenium from all of the other uh, supplements they're taking, plus all of the selenium they're getting from the rest of the food. So you can quickly become toxic from eating Brazil nuts. So I would recommend those in extreme moderation. If you are going to eat Brazil nuts, uh, I would say definitely not more than once a week, maybe a couple times a month, maybe even once a month. It's just some. It's not worth consuming regularly and becoming toxic. So how do we put all this together? Basically, if you have Hashimoto's disease, then it's it's reasonable to supplement with selenomethionine under doctor's supervision. And uh, you can have your whole blood uh, selenium tested. And that can tell you if you have toxicity or if you're deficient Uh, But you can supplement with selenomethionine with a reasonable dose, like I mentioned earlier, 200 micrograms, taking into account other supplements and food, of course. So we do have to be careful of that. Um, Additionally, you also need to look at your iodine intake. Make sure you're getting enough from food and not too much from supplements if you have Hashimoto's. So we know that you shouldn't supplement with large doses, milligram dosing, if you have Hashimoto's. So usually just a reasonable amount from a good multivitamin, which usually has about 150 to 200 micrograms of iodine, is plenty, and that can help to uh, restore any iodine deficiencies and keep those levels in good balance uh, without exacerbating the Hashimoto's. So most of the time, the the longer-term solution is to use a good multivitamin that has some iodine and some selenomethionine once the Hashimoto's appears to be under control and in good balance. It's definitely something you don't want to do on your own. You need to have the proper testing done and uh, make sure someone's looking at your dietary intake of selenium and supplementation and making sure you're getting the finding the right balance of the selenium and the iodine. One of the other thing I, I didn't mention is that 
selenium has been shown to be effective against viruses like the Epstein-Barr virus. So this can be another mechanism of benefit from taking selenomethionine because Epstein-Barr virus and herpes 6 have been shown to be connected to Hashimoto's disease. And so you get additional benefits from the selenomethionine, not just the protective and antioxidant effects, but also the antiviral effects of the selenium. So on drhedberg.com, the article is Hashimoto's thyroiditis and selenium supplementation. If you want to uh, read all of the studies that I've linked to and check out some of the additional resources I have there. But that should give you a good overview of selenium, a good understanding of, of what to look for and uh, what to ask your doctor about if you're concerned about selenium status and you have Hashimoto's disease then it's definitely not something you want to overlook. Selenium is kind of one of those cornerstone supplements of getting Hashimoto's under control. All right, well, this is Dr. Hedberg. Take care and talk to you next time. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.